everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Steel Clay Podcast, where we are two vessels of clay working out the heavyweights of life. We want to thank you for joining us this evening. We hope you enjoy the conversation. We are here. Hello, my love. Hey, beautiful. Oh, it's just one of them days. Come on, Monica, sing it, sing it. <laughs> we um we got off early today, but not really got off early because we had to take a a community call mm-hmm. because of all the things that are going on in Capitol Hill. What well, went on on Capitol Hill, and it's still going on because like you know oh, a lot of things. We gonna are... talk about it? Not really. Um, oh. <laughs> um. But we had a conference call, so she wanted us to be comfortable in, in our own homes when we got on the Zoom call. And now I understand why, because, you know, it was a lot of uncomfortable. It, it was a lot of tight squeezing conversations that was had amongst just the teachers and the counselors and the directors and everybody about, you know, the different things. And um, they just wanted to make sure we stood by the grounding principles, which was we are inclusive and all that good stuff. So I was on that call <laughs> for a long time. And you know how you have something you want to say, but you don't want to prolong the conversation because you know it's going to open up s- some more stuff. And it was like, mm-hmm. listen, I'm ready to go. I got other stuff to do. So I'll just I'll just table it and have the conversation with my own particular center, um, the center that I work for, and just have that conversation locally because I just did not want to be on that call that long. I understand. And then, so when I got off the call, I was like, listen, I got to go take a shower. I got to get, get all the day off me because I stayed in my work clothes with my badge on so that I can be like, hey, I didn't, you know, I didn't come home and get too comfortable. <laughs> right. And so as I'm in the shower, I'm like, what, what do I really want to dig into? It's like so much. Like we can talk about the Capitol Hill, but I kind of don't want to beat that dead and I'm not saying it's a dead horse like it's, it's it's a dead issue it's just that the conversation is just being had all around me you know sure. because we have to make sure that the girls at the center the students that we service that they're okay that they're not experienced you know just let them talk their feelings out and stuff like that so I'm kind of talked out of that right about now I understand uh, <laughs> and so I was sitting there I was like okay do I want to approach it from a book standpoint uh, whatever the topic is from a book standpoint I have a good book but I was like I just really, we're going to have a Pastor Stephen Furtick-inspired conversation. Oh, indeed. Let's get into <laughs> it. I love Pastor Furtick. Yes. So Elevation Church has just been my home away from home. Um, They have been my adopted church where I said, okay, God, I need a word and I need for you to speak to me in this season where... um you know, I feel like I'm I'm a little disconnected and, and disconnected in the fact that I'm not really hearing anything new. Mm-hmm. So when I say disconnected, that's what I'm talking about. Not really hearing anything new. And this message was so, Church Sunday was so on time. You just, you know, it may seem old to some people, the topic or some of the elements within the what he talked about, and I'm going to give you the name of it in a minute. It maybe seems old to some people, but you know how a song could be old and you haven't really heard it. 
you like you heard it in passing, but then when you're going through that song, just start speaking to where you're at right then and there, mm-hmm. and that song become new to you. That's how I feel. I feel like it's a fresh word, a fresh old. I wouldn't say old. We'll, we'll get into it, but girl, just you know, pray us in so we can. <laughs> I can really get into it. Okay, amen. Well, well, let's go before the throne then. God, we just thank you, God. God, we give you glory, Father. We just bless you, God. God, we thank you, God, for just one more day, God. One more chance to be able to sit, God, in good company and good fellowship, God, and to be able to rightly divide your word of truth, God. We thank you for each and every opportunity it is that you God, that we can proclaim your name, God, and speak your word. God, we do not take it lightly or for granted, Father, for we know that other people do not have as opportunity as such as us and so we thank you for this platform thank you for all who will join us and who will listen on today god we pray that something is said here on today god that will resonate with your people god that would stick with them god that would make changes god and and create change around them god that would minister to their environment and the situations and where they are father we just ask that your holy spirit will go before us god that they would be with your people on today god that everything that we would speak into their hearing on today god will produce fruit and much fruit that will remain god we give you all glory honor and praise for your word and for your holy spirit god and for just being god and god alone god the alpha and omega the beginning and the end the first and the last he who was and is and is to come god so we lift you up on today god and we say thank you god and we just want to give you all the glory honor and praise and it's in jesus name that we pray amen amen Oh, okay. So (laughs) this word I had, you know, usually I don't repost or retweet or post about different people or Mm -hmm. um, generally I'm just, I pretty much do what I call social media watching. I really don't do a lot of posting and stuff. Sometimes I do post. Um, I posted today, little girl had me, you know, she thought, you know, just the conversation between a young lady and I at school. And, but for the most part, I don't, advertise or anything i'm trying to get into it because when my book come out when i finally get this book up and running i'm going to be self-promoting because i am a self i'm going to be uh self-published mm-hmm. so i'm trying to get in the habit of doing it but i i had to repost this when um because he has a youtube channel as well as the elevation church has an app elevation church and i was just like listen this was so good i had to come back and get some i had to come back for some leftovers oh okay i had to go i had to go back and get some leftovers because the title of the message was comfort food mm. so i had to go back and give me some leftovers because i was like wait a minute in the middle of him preaching on uh, sunday and i was watching via youtube because i'm finding for me it's just easier to watch youtube instead of the um the app uh because i have the smart tv I was telling him to shut up on the TV. I'm like, shut up. Get stop talking. Oh wow. You know, you know <laughs> them things we be saying to a pastor, like preach pastor. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. You was mm-mm. stop pastor. I can't take no more. Like I was literally talking to the TV um this Sunday. And he came out of numbers eleven. Mm-hmm. And he came out of numbers eleven and he was talking about the children of Israel complaining yeah. about the manna from which God was providing and you were only to get enough for your house for that day. And then I believe on Sundays or Sundays, you were supposed to get enough for the uh, more, more like you were allotted more for your family because of some ritual or something, some uh, tradition they, they had that on, I think on Sundays you were able to get more, but for the most part, you were only to take what your household needed. And then the rest that they were, um, 
I don't want to say throw away or the rest they, you know, to leave off. And so the manna, the way he explained it and the way he read it in the Bible, it was basically you, um, I want to say to me, to me, it sounds like wet dough. Like, like, like the dough that you make bread and stuff with mm-hmm. that, you know, it sounds like, and then it, cause it, he described how to do would settle on the dough since it, on the man, it says to me, to me, now you go in the scripture for yourself, but to me, it just sounds like wet dough and you had to do something extra. You like beat it on a rock and, you know, bake it for a few, you know, make it into different things, cakes or bread or whatever you have to eat. Um, but the, but this what God was blessing them with because He was trying to take them into the promised land from being slaves. Mm-hmm. So you go from Egypt from being slaves, and God is trying to bring you into your land of flowing with milk and honey and all kinds of grapes and uh, all kind of fruits and different things that are you know that you can you would just delight yourself in. Mm-hmm. But in that in between that, He had to take them through that wilderness experience, and He had to let them know. It was like the wilderness to me was like a many fold reasons. And one of the reasons that he brought out was God just have to um, really, you know, y'all have to trust God to trust God that he will provide for you every, anything that you need, not necessarily everything that you want, but everything that you need. So the manna was a need. You need to be fed. So, and then two, the other thing about the wilderness and the manna in the wilderness was, God was changing your palate for for different things. Mm. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. I got to breathe. So God was changing their palate from the things that when they were slaves that they used to eat to prepare them for the things that they're going to be eating or the blessings that he's going to have for them. I know that's a message all in itself right there. Indeed. <laughs> that is a message. So the people, the people complained about the food, the manna. And what he, and I was writing it down, things and what the comfort food was. And it's not necessarily just food. He, he started out talking about food, but then he said, but then he was talking about how when things um, gets difficult and when things get monotonous, when things become mundane, when you become overly desensitized to something or it makes you feel some type of way, not a good way. You typically go back to those things that made you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Hence mm-hmm. the title comfort food. You always want to go back instead of moving forward. So you want to go get those things that makes you comfortable, but it's not necessarily good for you anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's not necessarily good for you anymore and so they was complaining complaining about oh we wish we had the oh let me get to it uh back in egypt verse 5 11 remember we remember the fish which we ate freely in egypt the cucumbers the melons the leeks the onions and the garlic but now our whole bean is dried up there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes so they complain and they complain and they complain about what they used to have back in Egypt when they were slaves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
So they complained to Moses. They complained. So Moses go to God was like, you know, what you have for me to do, God? These are not my people. These are your people. And you put me in charge of people. And if I can't, I mean, your, your, Lord, just kill me because I can't do this. I really can't do this. And so God was like, I'll tell you what, gather you a hundred elders of the people. And then I'm going to give them the, uh, he's going to give them meat. And I believe it was pheasants and some other stuff, but mostly pheasants. I said, I believe because I'm really trying to move this along so we can get into it <laughs> um but i'm also not trying to misquote the bible so they say he god made it rain these birds around the camp so much he made it rain these birds so much like you want meat here is an over abundance of the meat right mm-hmm. because y'all complaining and i'm, I'm just he just overly he just gave them all these, so they gathering, they gathering, they gathering this meat. And it said when they sat down to eat it, while it was in their mouth, God cursed them to the point where they didn't even want the meat. Mm. The meat tasted so funny to them. And, uh, let me see. Now this part I definitely want to read. It says, brought the, oh, it was the quail, okay. It brought the quail. It said 33, but while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was rose, aroused against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So he called the name of that place, and I can't pronounce the name of that place, so we're going to move on, Kibra, Kibra Hatava. Because there they buried the people who yielded, who had yielded to the craving. Wow. Wow. And from there, the people moved to Hezroth and camped at Hezroth. Comfort foods. Going back to the thing in which God is trying to deliver you from or has delivered you from. And he, you're in that, in, you're in that meantime. And we, you and I talked about this uh, 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 every, almost every almost year. Every year. <laughs> that meantime is just that it is so mean. It's a time of meanness. And you tend to want to go back. And your palate is not just not ready just yet for the blessings of God. So he's changing your palate in the meantime. But because that time is so mean, you want to go back to those things that brought you comfort. But yet what not not only is it no longer good for you, it was not good for you then. You just thought it was. It was it was a placeholder. It was something that God permitted mm-hmm. for for a little minute, but now I got to move you into the promised land and I need to change your palate for some things. And I just was like, I need to go back and hear that again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop talking and let you talk for now. Because I know you said you've been studying this for a little minute. I'm going to let you talk. Well, I've been studying Exodus um, for a little minute. And my kids and I have been really discussing and talking about, as far as the nation of Israel concerned, is how we're not any different from them. And so sometimes we'll read their Mm -hmm. story and we'll be like, oh, they dumb. They complaining. God fed them from on high. Man, it just appearing. And they complaining. But in all actuality, y'all do the same thing. 
uh, when when I say y'all, I mean y'all as in as in us, us us church folks. We do that. So like we'll get we'll we'll suppose we're supposed to be fasting with our church corporately, and you'll hear people complaining about the limits of the fast. Oh, we got to do a damn fast. Can I eat this? Can I eat that? Oh my God, I can't eat nothing. Like as if as if it's a problem or an issue for you to sacrifice for a few days for something it is that you say that you want from God. So a lot of time when 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 the children of Israel were in Egypt, they complained, they cried out unto God. That was the whole reason that God came down and did anything because the first four hundred the first four hundred years of slavery, God didn't do anything while they were in slavery. He did not make a move mm-hmm. until they cried out. Now, when the people cried out unto the Lord, the Bible says in Exodus that their cry rose up to God and he remembered the covenant that he had made with his forefathers. And so that's what he said about mm-hmm. talking to Moses to bring the children of Israel out. But so you're complaining about what's happening to you where you are and you want to be relieved of your burdens. However, then when you get out and you get relieved from your burdens, now you're complaining about the fact that you don't have the same things that you had when you're in slavery. Perhaps you deserve to stay slaves. And so, mm. I mean, because that's what you want. No, I don't want to be a slave, but I want the things of the slavedom that provided me comfort. See, because uh, people don't like when boundaries are placed on them. So there was a requirement mm-hmm. for the children of Israel to be different in order to receive the promised land. They couldn't go into the promised land being slaves. They had to go in governing themselves. Mm-hmm. And so now I have to govern myself based off of these laws. Well, I don't want to do that. Just tell me what I'm supposed to do and just let me do that. Well, when I tell you what you're supposed to do, you don't want to do it unless it's imposed or forced on you. We don't want to manage ourselves. We want other people to manage. And therein lies the trouble. We can we can go off to to the to the capital and talk about that because of just that statement. We can talk about a lot of stuff because of just that statement that you just made we don't want to govern ourselves but we want others to govern us one of the things that he said particularly to this part what you're saying is he said he find it that we that leaders should be mindful of grace during this time when a person is transitioning as either a backslidden from a backslidden state back into the church or newly covered convert to the church because even though we are in that meantime, that is a transition mm-hmm. period. And the reason why we need to operate in grace and remember grace is because there are some things going on in some battles that are being uh, raged, waged personally or internally with that person because of that new nature or because of coming out of the sin that they may still be indulging in their comfort food. They may still be indulging, not 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 to say that they want to go back, but because they want, um, they don't know how to rightly handle that transition or that wilderness or that meantime experience effectively enough. And I was like, wow, you know, I I really didn't think about it that way because, and and I and I probably did but didn't because I think about it like this. My mom says it all the time with my aunt. Well, she says she's saving. How can she be still doing this and she's still doing that? And I was like, and I, I tell my mom, well, she's saved. She just not delivered fully just mm-hmm. yet. Like we need to, we need to, we need to make sure that we're operating in grace 
so that people know that hey you can stumble but don't do don't 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 be complaining to the point where or grappling to the point where or upset and abandoned mm-hmm. totally abandoning where you're at and where God is mm-hmm. taking you mm-hmm. uh, what 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 the people say now trust the process right and so then uh there's this what you're talking about is the same thing that Paul talks about is not not taking mm-hmm. grace for granted right just because that you have the ability to to be free from some things but not allowing people to think that they're okay in their sin right still maintaining that mm-hmm. there's a standard and holding whatever that standard should be but still understanding that you you got to understand what happens to people when they're in slavery so in order in order for me to maintain my desire to continue living i have to mm-hmm. adjust my mindset because if I don't, then two things will happen. One, I'll be trying to get my freedom at any cost. Or two, I will lay down and die because my situation feels hopeless. Mm-hmm. So I have to figure out a way for me to adjust to my situation mentally in order for me to even live as a slave. So when people in that situation where they're no longer slaves, that mentality doesn't just leave you. That mentality mm-hmm. stays with you because that's been part of your survival for however long you've been a slave. So we're talking about the Egyptian people being, uh, not the Egyptians, the uh, Israelites being slaves for 400 years. That's several generations of people that have been slaves. So not only now do I have my own my own survival instincts that tell me how to survive as a slave, but also I have a culture, a way of living that helps survive mm-hmm. as a slave that gets passed down. It's almost like slavery for African Americans. There were ways and customs in which we passed down to our children in order to help them survive. Ways being still are still, still, still are passing, passing them down so that they could survive in the environment that they lived in. This is where things like moving to the other side of the comes from this is where places like uh overextending yourself in the manner department come from not sticking up for yourself but allowing people to you know to um say and do things because you know you you want to be able to survive so there's lots of different ways in which we teach our children to behave even down to having that conversation with our black sons about how they should be in a car if they get pulled over by the police even that is a form of hey get your mind prepared to act differently to how it is that you feel that you should act because i need you to come home safe at night so there's a mentality that that's associated with and the the israelite people they baby they had that mentality they was ready to survive those were some surviving people whatever it took to survive is what they were going to do um they didn't forget Mm -hmm. god in the process however they did have to they did have to keep their minds in a place of submission and subjection to the land in order to survive even you'll see it with the Jews. Even you'll see it with the Jews in, in the New Testament attempting to petition to for, for Pontius Pilate to this. They were behaving as customary for that time period, living under Roman authority. They didn't want their festivals to be shut down by what it was that Jesus was doing. So they petitioned the Romans to take care of their problem for them. This is all based on a survival instinct. So that mentality could not go into the promised lands. 
because you're not slaves and I don't need you to turn around and allow yourself to be a slave again now that I've gotten you free. So we need to get rid of this mentality so that you can live in freedom because that's what the promised land was all about. Them being free to serve and worship God and to live according to his laws versus having a harsh taskmaster or a cruel taskmaster. And so that's kind of the problem it is that we're seeing with the children of Israel where we come in with them complaining about the manna. It's all about that old mindset. I just wrote down identifying the survival yes. mindset. You yes. said slavery. I also want to point out the same mind that slaves had. People who are in addiction have those same people mind, have who are same abused mindset. have them too. And people, okay, I'm put abused, and then I also put people yes. who have strongholds. Yes. Now, aren't aren't those the same thing? So though? people have. They are, but people tend to not really make that connection that if you are a drunk, you are a slave yes. to the drink and you are abusing that drink and you that's a stronghold yes. over your life. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Even if Ooh. you submit yourself Ooh, to a cruel or an abusive spouse, it's the same thing. Same thing. Like any any drug and it, and we we talk and Doc, he said comfort food he named it comfort food but it could be anything anything that brings you comfort because people don't realize abuse just submitting yourself to an abusive person period for some, it's a level of that's comfort right. in this it's familiarity that's why people yes and that's why people stay because there is a there's a level of comfort in there and then people say well why did you get out well i didn't have anywhere to go because that because that survival mind or that abused mind and that stronghold of slavery and addiction that that um that mind needs right. to be renewed because I also I drew an arrow and said let yes. this mind be in you, which was right. also in to Christ Jesus because Christ <laughs> you have to you have to, oh girl <laughs> yeah Lord I'm, Lord I'm throwing my hands up and worship on this one. I wrote down something you wrote. You said earlier, you said people do not want to sacrifice for the things that you want mm-hmm. from God. I think that's the, that's the biggest, the biggest thing that most believers, most churchgoers, the biggest issue they have, they'll pray for something, but don't oh, want to no. sacrifice for it. Oh, you mean I have to give up what I like to get something else that I want? Why would I have to do that? I ain't doing all that. I don't take all that. Why do I have to compromise? And so, and so this one, this one hit me. This one hit me home in the relationship mm-hmm. department for me. And you know, I can only speak from my experience. I can speak from an other experience, but it won't be. It won't sure. be as authentic. And it won't. It will not be as truthful as I can as I can testify to. And so when I heard comfort food, the first thing for me was relationship. And I'm talking about relationship with a man and being in relationship, being in a marriage, or being in a relationship. Period. You know. You know what God promised you, or you know what God mm-hmm. can give you. You know what God can give you. And that's not, and then even talk about what you ask for. Cause basically what you're asking for is things that appease your flesh, things that are gonna make Mm-mm. you comfort. The comfort. Mm-mm, don't the tell them that. Don't tell yes. them that. Don't tell them that. 
Yes, you are. You are asking of your flesh. That's why you ain't getting it. You're asking of this. That's why you're not getting it. And I'm, again, I am speaking <laughs> from I am speaking from yes. that comfort food level that okay, I'm comfortable with this person. This person knows me. This person grew up with me. This person you know, uh we worked together for so long. We've been in relationships for long. We've been in ministry for so long. Wherever you met that person and however you know them and that you feel like this is so right. This is so right. It feels right. We look good on paper. This, you know, we can operate in this. Oh my God. <clears throat> As one of my favorite comedians, Carlos Miller said, she may be a good wife. Just not a good mm-hmm, wife mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> that That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's good word. <laughs> Same thing. He may be a good man, just not a good man for you. So I was curious about this whole Lori Harvey, yes, uh, Michael B. Jordan. What was it. everybody flipping? What What are you flipping over? What are you flipping about? And here's what are you flipping about? He might be. He might. Some some people like I don't even think he he all that good looking and or whatever and. You know, Somebody however like you it. do it, however you look at the situation, somebody like it. He he's a good looking man to somebody. He's a good man to somebody. He might not be your good looking man. He might not be your good looking woman. But I, I'm I'm gonna get on the soapbox just for a minute. Don't throw the flag. I'm throw the flag on the table Don't just for a minute. It. Once again, we're talking about asking of your flesh and getting the things of your flesh. Let's be honest from the stock Ooh. in which she came from, Ooh. allegedly. Her mama is a gold digger, and all she do is marry men with money. She, that's all she do. And this young lady didn't come from money because that is not his daughter. That is her daughter. So the money that, quote, unquote, everybody said, oh, she come from money, and she's a boss, and she know how to move. What job and what boss moves have she made other than to spend her stepfather's money and to, take, and to capitalize on the circle of people in which he has around him? Now, wasn't she just linked to somebody uh, she else? She was, indeed. Now, I don't know the brother, but yes, I, I heard I heard that she changes men yeah, like she, she changes time. That's what I heard. It, okay, so what are we, what are we, what are we fascinated for? Because again, if we be really, really super deep and super Christian, this their world. This is their, this mm-hmm. is their reward. This is their reward. These are the things that they're asking. These are the things that they want in the flesh. Now, of course, if I'm raised up to not appreciate money and where it came from, baby, I'm going to make sure that I keep living the life that I was accustomed to, that my, you know, my parentage, Mm -hmm. parentage has, uh, has allowed me to afford me through Mm -hmm. allegedly Again, this is all alleged because these are people saying that she go from the the, the mother went from man mm. to man to man for, with money, and and we all know the story. Steve was already mm-hmm. married when they met. He was uh, married to what eighteenth like wife. wife. <laughs> so, and I'm hearing everybody. Oh my God, she got a good man. Oh my God, we want you to give a master class on how to do this, and I, I don't want a master class from her because again mm-hmm. it's my flesh Indeed. because because soon as I get what my flesh won't my flesh gonna want flesh something ain't never else. satisfied 
it is never satisfied. So the children of Israel, I'm keeping are you it, in I'm the keeping it are you in, in, the, in the book. So the children, I, okay. So it's just like, so for me, and we talk about the children of Israel where they were complaining. For me, that hit home because I was like, well, dang, I'm still, my taste changed. Totally changed. When we talk about relationship, it has totally changed. My wilderness experience has taught me, or and is teaching me because I'm still there. It's teaching me that God has something greater for me. And even if it's not in a relationship, hear me, my single women, hear me clearly. Even if it's not to be, if 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 mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, you we have to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our God is able to, to, to keep us from going into that fiery furnace. And if he does it, guess what? Mm-hmm. He's still God. He is still God. And with that declaration, they were thrown into the fire. Well, first of all, Nebuchadnezzar turned it up seven times harder. To which it burnt the man. Mm-hmm. It killed the man who turned it up. And then they threw them in there. It was that statement that they made that God can do it. And even if he don't, guess what? I'm still not bowing because he's still the supreme God. So God can bring that Michael B. Jordan, that Denzel Washington-like man to you. But if he don't, he is still God. You have to take mm-hmm. that mentality. You, you have to. You have to let that mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You have to renew your mind through the word and understand that even though last week we told you that you were made to, to be to be a, a reproductive person, if God doesn't do it, then let it go. And I know it's easier said than done because I was beat up. That's why I was talking to the TV. I'm like, shut up, shut up. Because that thing was hitting me in mm-hmm. that department for me. It was hidden in that department. Why would I want to go back? Or why would I re- return to the vomit in mm. which I've already thrown out? Would. Because it provides comfort because I don't know this new person or I don't know what the next chapter of my life holds for me. I'm already living mm-hmm. single. I'm, I've, 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 I bought my house. My house is in my name. So I'm already established. I have a career that I love and I have a house. I'm able to allow my mom to move in with me so she doesn't have to worry about bills and all of that. She is carefree. So I'm already living that life. So what if I have to continue mm-hmm. this until Jesus return? What's the worst that can happen to me? You'll be saved. <laughs> I know for me, I, I, <laughs> the worst yeah. that can happen is I go to heaven. And, and, I, and I say this, having already been married and having already had a son and I know it's like well you've already been married you have a son uh, take it how you want to take it people I'm not trying to be married five and six seven times I, I'm not trying I'm not trying to be married beyond the second time so if I don't get it right for me if if I don't get this one right is me right I don't want nobody else. I don't want to be because I don't want to get I didn't go into the first one to get a divorce. So I definitely not going to be second and third and I'm not going to be on my fourth marriage. That I don't want that as a testimony. That's no shot to anybody, but if you take it offensively, listen, if you if you're an offensive person, everything I Ooh, say you're going to be offensive anyway. anyway. So, and I'm and I'm just going to drop the mic on that one. 
But if you've never been married and you've never had a child and you're you're like, I'm looking for that mate. A good friend told me, and she gonna laugh when I say this. <laughs> Baby, wait. <laughs> Be happy in your singleness. <laughs> Be happy. Who told you that? Who told you that? <laughs> Be happy and enjoy your singleness. Enjoy it. Enjoy what God is having you to do. Enjoy the purpose of God. Do not go back to Egypt. Because one of the things that he said, Pastor Furtick has said, he said, I promise you, if you give me your phone, I'll now find Now talk to me about this. I need to hear some more about it. I wish I would have heard Pastor Furtick. So I can just, <laughs> I just slap. You know what? And I don't really, let, let me say this caveat, right? I don't really... I really got an issue with people who slap money on the altar when the pastor is preaching good. But I ain't gonna lie to you. I'll slap a 20 down uh, if I could have heard this one live. So tell, tell me how Pastor Furtick Baby, if I'd have heard this live, I'd have got if if I'd have heard this live, they'd have put me out the building because I'd have sat right on the pew. I'd have sat me on the pulpit at the steps of the pulpit. I'd have been like I'd have been on the steps of the pool. They'd be like, why is this girl sitting on the steps? Because I needed to be near mm-hmm. that word. I needed to be near the fire. I needed to be near it. Um, so what he was saying is your comfort food, whatever whatever thing you want to run back to that provides you comfort, which is the children of Israel mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. to run back mm-hmm. to Pharaoh and the, and the bonds of slavery. They wanted to run back there. So he was saying, if I if you give me your phone, I'll find your Pharaoh. i find a thing that you 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 want to run to or you want to spend all your time at or you want to mm. go back to because mm-hmm. it's comfortable for you. I will find, he said, you'll find mine too if you had my phone. He he said, I'm not exempt. He And then, you know, so he went on and I don't want to take, if you want to go, I encourage faith. y'all to go, it's called comfort food. <laughs> I will share it to them. It's called comfort food. I shared it on my Instagram, but I'll definitely share it on Steel Clay's podcast, uh, all the, the, the social media accounts because I'm telling you, for me, it was the relationship. Now, um, it was, you know, being in a relationship, like, why would I want to go back to something that wasn't good for me then and definitely is not good for me now where God is taking me? Now, unless the person, God do a cleanup in the person now, because God can't do that, then that's not where I need to be and that's not where I'm going. So whatever your Pharaoh is, whatever is that thing that's that's driving you to be, you wanted you to go back and hold on to that and because it provides you comfort in the time of discomfort, because 2020 has put a lot of discomforting situations in our midst, like marriages is broken up and kids are disliking, like people are hanging around people more than they've never hung around before because they were able to be distracted by work and all these other activities. But when the mm-hmm. world stopped... And we had to walk around this same mountain every day, all day. You wanted to, your, your, your Pharaoh could be your job. The thing that was causing you ulcers every day. And when you stopped going into that building and you was being around your family, those ulcers went away. But guess what? That nerd, you you develop some somewhat of a nervous energy because now you have to have those conversations with your spouse or your kids that you have been dreading to have. Now you have to, those kids that you've been calling angels, you found mm-hmm. out they really mm-hmm. shepherds mm-hmm. from the devil. Be, 
been giving the teachers double H E the hockey sticks. And so now you're understanding that the reason why your spouse goes to the bar every time, every evening, because they would rather be at a bar drinking with friends than at home Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. being a contentious woman. Always nagging and in his face and wanting him to do the man can't get no peace. He can't get a he can't get a man cave. He can't even be a man in the cave. Or that woman, now she, you know, you now fellas, you're realizing that she is not, she's just not that sexual. She don't want to be touched all the time. And so now that is a problem because we had we had work. So when those intimate times would come up, you enjoy them or whatever, but you would like more than what you were getting. And so now that you're, you, you're seeing her every day, you're like, wait a minute, she don't like it or she don't enjoy, she don't even enjoy having sex with you. She's just there for the kids or she's just there because you're providing comfort for her in oh some my. type of way. And so now, and so now marriages are breaking. Oh yeah, he was, he walked in some uncomfortable places with this thing. So now you're having to face those things. And so do you do like the children of Israel and complain and say, well, I want to go back to, you know, when our relationship was good. What you mean? That means we were spending the 40 hours away from each other a day or a week or however long your job had you away from your spouse. I need to get back on the road and start back traveling because maybe you were a traveling nurse or maybe you were a person who went out of town a lot. And so now that everything is stopped or they it did stop, you're not gone as much. And so now you have to deal with that person that you said I do to. You have to deal with those children that you, you know, birth. And you want to go back to the thing in which provided you comfort or a, or a way of escape away from those problems. Listen, let's talk about coping mechanisms. <laughs> right? <laughs> Because because that's because that's kind of what, this, um, what this kind of is talking about some right the ways in which it is that you used to cope with your stress and frustrations now um, some people will call certain coping mechanisms maladaptive what what maladaptive means what maladaptive means is it's not really mm. healthy for you okay. So now some people will call coping, coping mechanisms maladaptive. I don't really get into judging people's coping mechanisms because we all have coping mechanisms that we don't even realize that we have. So I'll give you an example. Um, people who change the conversation when they're uh, talking about something that's uncomfortable for them, that's a coping mechanism. That is to help them to maintain um, their level of calmness without anxiety. Right, because they can't handle the depth of the conversation. So uh, that going to work instead of being mm-hmm. with your spouse—that's a coping mechanism. Instead of having the hard conversation and telling your spouse that you get on my last nerve, and if you breathe again, it might be some trouble. Those conversations and and why you feel that way, babe, and having that conversation, people don't want to have. So they'll work seventy hours instead of coming home and you know they'll head to the bar as soon as work is over instead of coming home or they'll make up conventions that they really don't have to go to but just so that they don't have to be at home because they have not found a way to properly and healthily handle those conversations that they need to have um and people on a regular basis with everything it's not just with that uh, people who shuffle from one foot to the next while they're waiting in line because they're impatient that's a coping mechanism 
So these, um, whatever your, your Pharaoh is, has been the way that you have coped with things in the past. So if yours has been cigarettes and now you because you know you you don't have a job anymore because of the pandemic and you stuck at home well now you you have to find another way of coping it's it's hard conversations are hard and now we don't want to be around each other now we're losing our minds because we never had to do this before i've never had to be honest about my feelings before i just went to work Because I didn't have to deal with you. I didn't have to look you in your face. And you know what yes. I'm saying? I can superficially That's address the, the situation the without addressing the yeah. situation. Yeah. Inauthentic. Yeah. Mm-mm. Because, see, I don't want, because in my discomfort, I don't want to make you discomfort. I don't want right. to make you Because I'm not going to be able to address however you become uncomfortable. That's another. And I can't control how you become uncomfortable. And you're not going to become yes. uncomfortable in a way that feels uh, good to my flesh. So I just would rather you did it. <laughs> I just would tell you a lie. Or or again, I would avoid the conversation altogether. Another coping mechanism. A- another co- another coping mechanism. It's another coping mechanism. uh, And again, talking about relationships, one of the things that I said that when getting into a relationship was communication was going to have to be something because coming out of my marriage and I got into an entanglement. Let's talk about entanglement. (laughs) Yeah, I got into an entanglement. Uh, (laughs) I got into an entanglement. Mm -hmm. And during that entanglement, and I believed he was genuinely, he genuinely listened to me. We talked about when I say everything, like we literally would have arguments about the most mundane stuff, but it'd be healthy arguments. It was healthy. And he helped me to realize that I could, that there are men out there that didn't mind having those mm-hmm. type of conversations, like whatever you wanted to talk about. Whatever. And sometimes he brought the stuff up. He was like, listen, I was thinking. And he felt comfortable enough with me to, to lay his head in my lap like uh, uh, Samson did Delilah. Not always attribute that as a man lay his head in your lap. He is he is yes. literally giving you his, his all. He's Because they don't trust you with what's in their head. He would literally tell me just the weirdest thing that'd be in his head and we would talk about things and um, women, men, all Every topic, no topic was off limits. And I said, I wanted that in my next relationship. Okay, so then my next real relationship, I got it, but I didn't get it to the extent Mm -hmm. of when it hit personal, Mm -hmm. that was off limits. That was like met it out with, I don't know if I can trust you, but you could talk to me about it and everything, you know, what's going on in the hood. Because you didn't have those coping mechanisms, because you weren't able to do that, or you you were not equipped to have that to be communicative in that way, but you came off you, as if you were. Isn't that just how people do? Present present what present the best that they have in an effort to uh, distract you away from the fact that they don't have the thing that you really want. You trying to start up another one? Mm, we oh we about to we, we on the wind down, but that one hit. That that one hit. That one hit because this is exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. I'm going to present you with a false narrative 
or a contrived narrative that I've been able to hit other people with because so they won't go deeper with me. But I don't read road signs too well when it comes to relationship. But we done had this discussion. I'm bad at reading the road signs. And so I will ask you and I will say, well, let's talk about that because you can only tell me for so much, so many times. Oh, I was just playing. No, you wouldn't. That's what you really wanted to say. So let's just explore it. Mm-hmm. Say it. Mean what you say. Say what you mean. And it was like, was shut down. Mm. Like I would get immediate shutdown. And so then I started saying, well, you don't really want to talk about this. No, I don't. Okay. But when do you want to, when can we talk about it? And then it was like, are you still on this? I just want to know when is there, when would there be an appropriate time or a time where we can discuss this? Because if we're going to move somewhere, if we're going to build this thing, I don't want to be building Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. quicksand or shaky ground. I need a solid foundation. I need to know that when I turn my back, not that you won't cheat on me because I'm kind of to the mindset of I can't stop you from cheating if you really want to. That's that's something that's something innately that's something on you. I've dealt with that in my 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 marriage. It was nothing that I could have done to stop the cheating. That was gonna happen Indeed. regardless because that person had an issue with themselves. It's did you want to work through them issues and did you want me to work? Did you want to work through them with me? Was the reason why we went our separate ways because we we didn't want to address the real reason why we were cheating because you weren't cheating on me, you were cheating on yourself and God. Let's just be real honest. So, so it's not that when I turn my back, I can't trust you. Is that I want to be able to be secure enough to know that, like this, if I tell you I love you enough and show you I love you enough and be present in the love, because remember, love is an action word as well as as well. So if I tell you enough and be present enough in the telling, which means I'm showing you that in the times that I don't remember to tell you like I get too busy you won't forget it you won't mm-hmm. you won't feel like dang I'm not loved and I'm using that one because that's that's what I that's the main thing like you've never told it you never said it and you've never mm. shown it so I don't feel it so I don't feel it but you said we good I don't know what we good means You know what I'm saying? So why would I go back to that when God has delivered me from that, has devised a situation, a plan or whatever, and has allowed me to move on and go through the wilderness to where he's changing my appetite. He was like, listen, that's not really what I wanted for you anyway. Or that not the person, but we'll say the the things the person did. That's not what you, you, you deserve more than that. So let me change your appetite. Let me do something with you. And change your appetite. But you got to trust the process. And you have to allow me. To change your appetite. And to do some things in you. That you might not like. And you might be very uncomfortable with. And for me it's being around my family. And dealing with. Mm. Those strongholds from family. Right. right. For me. It's focusing on dealing with those strongholds from family because once I take you to this promised land where there where it's flowing with milk and honey and grapes and, and 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 wine and herbs and spices and all the things that's going to be good for you and going to be good to you, not only good for you but good to you, you I can't I can't have you going back to strongholds that you never that has attached themselves to you through blood. 
Mm. Live is a whole lump. So let me do this in you mm-hmm. while you're mm-hmm. single, not while you're with somebody. Because if Absolutely. you know me, you know I want to. I always want to battle, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm always looking for a battle, buddy. You know that's just the military me when we 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 had battle buddies. You know you went to basic training, you went to AIT, they gave you battle buddies. So I'm always looking for a battle buddy. And then too, I just the two a two chord is not easily right, broken. Indeed. And the three chord, oh girl, we ain't gonna talk about that when it's all in the work. So I'm always looking for a battle buddy. And 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 I tell my friend, you know, you have somebody a battle buddy in life. But then again, there are some battles that God or some issues that God need to deal with you. When it's just you, that's why my sister, my sisters, my single sisters, if you've never been married, you don't have children, or if you've been married and you're, you're, you're like, I, I really truly want to be married again, take this time and allow God to break some things in you and, and, and offer yourself completely every inch and corner of your heart to him so that he can cut those strongholds and cut those things out that he really mm-hmm. needs to deal with while you are single don't don't go complaining about your wilderness because you're uncomfortable and you want to go back to those things that provided you comfort baby i'm so what they say a piece of a man is better than no man. a piece of a man ain't good for nobody not even the man like i don't get that like a piece of cake is better than no (laughs) it's better than no cake at all i'll give you that but a piece of a man is gonna give you a whole lot of hell Indeed. That and the fact that a piece of a man is in pieces himself. The pieces. And that's all you're ever going to get is pieces. And the one mm-hmm. piece real, that's all you ever going to get. Mm-hmm. That you one piece, you're not going to get the organ that go with it. <laughs> you're not going to... You don't want... You, no, not even half. They give they, you a portion, a tenth very, of the Very generous. Very generous, cause that little thing I mean, that Oregon is dangling, that ain't even a ten. But that's ba- <laughs> But to be honest, that's really what you're missing. If you, <laughs> if I really be honest, if I really, really sit here and be like, okay, y'all want to get in my business, don't do that. Now I'll, I'll let you do that. <laughs> if I really, really be honest, that's what you're missing. You're missing that, and you and you disguise it Affection, under company, uh, companionship. What's the word, sis? Come on. There it is. All of those. All of those. I just want some companionship. It's not even about sex. It's about I mean, you know, it's been, I mean it honestly, is. because get a puppy. I mean <laughs> it is. So it has to be about it has to be about more than right. just companionship. Because you can get a companion. You I mean you, you can find a companion. It's too easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, going to the nursing home. Them folks in there don't have nobody. They'll be mm-hmm. all the companion you want. I was about to say. I was about to say, y'all saints don't want to hear you. They want to talk and see you on trips. It's That's plenty, what I'm saying. Showing up. Is they out there? Who are widows, just being real. Who they just want there. somebody to talk to them and, and cook a little fried chicken on Sunday. Okay, just it. Oh, that's it. Little mass taters. That's it. That's it. But to be, you know, to really, really get down to the nitty gritty, you're, you, you, like they, the children of Israel, did. they was complaining. They, they named their stuff. The stuff they did. They said, remember the fish, 
the melons, the, the visual cucumbers, I got, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. And, ooh, girl, remember that time we had that lemon season over that fish like that, girl? We had buckets full of fish. Remember this festival? Remember this celebration, girl? Mm, I wish we had. Because see, because <laughs> right. see, I'm not eating onions right. and garlic. I'm not just eating right. those right off the bat. I'm putting them on something. <laughs> Not just sitting around eating garlic cloves and onions. Not doing that. Not some people do. They sit there eat onions like they apples. I'm like, mm, your stomach is cast iron. But that's what you're. That's what you're essentially saying. You're just covering it. Like, like I said, this thing hit home for me because I was like, why, why? And and seriously, it it broke. It broke those things in me that was like, you know what? You're right. Now. Again, not saying the person cannot change and not saying God cannot clean them up. Uh, I'm uh, what I'm saying is mm, in the mm, state that that mm. person is in now, I don't want that person. I don't want that because I know there's something better for me, and I know that to be all mm-hmm. honest for me, the person can't really do nothing, bring much to me money, house, mm-hmm. whatever. I've already those things I have, those things I have. So now you have to, you're gonna have to come with with helping me or being my covering because I'm one that will submit. I think I'm not afraid of the word submit. I don't think it's a cuss word. <laughs> I don't. Ooh, I think okay. it's beautiful. Tell me get somewhere set out and I will. <laughs> do you? Do you, King? <laughs> so, you know, I don't think it's, I don't, I'm one that will sure. submit. I am a strong woman sure. who's strong enough to know when to submit. That's, that's what I know. And so, I don't have a problem with that. And so I, but I, I need to be able to do that with the right man. No longer doing it to, to a boy trying to be a man. No longer submit, you know, it's like we was, we submit to the wrong things or we submit to the wrong people who are not ready to be submitted to. That is good. Let me, let me that is good. Oh. I'm about to throw this book back. That is good. <laughs> you know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. I don't know how much time we had. Um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and it was a, a Facebook conversation. But the question was about um, a man, and basically, what the conversation went was this: and they wasn't, they weren't married yet, but she was like paying his way and putting, you know, putting his bills and doing that or whatever. And everybody was really kind of um, angry with the young man because they felt like he should have done more or he should have done this. And then I realized it, that we grew up watching our kids understanding submission and what it means to even have a man to be worthy of submitting to. That man do the things that necessary in order for you to even be willing to submit because submission is a willing down Mm-hmm. Okay, but why am I willfully laying down my desires for a man who ain't ever? I um, I, I think that we have missed application, and we've just taken practice and left it at that. And there needs to be teaching. So I'm just gonna get off my soapbox because I could go all day. That's what I love. So go on, so I'm gonna let you have that. No, my thing is, and here, here is one of the issues that came up in my marriage was I have a finance degree. I have an accounting and finance degree. I'm good with money. I'm good with numbers. And my ex-husband wasn't. 
And so the agreement that we made between each other was he just signed the checks over. Remember when it was paper checks, no longer is, is direct deposit now. But he would sign the checks over to me and I would disperse them as they would go. And then he was not only was he not good with his checks, he was bad at saving. He was bad at was I say was I don't know the man now. He's married to somebody else. But mm-hmm. um, for all intents and sure. purposes, Indeed. you know, Indeed. it is what it is. Zebra didn't change the stripes. So so the so the conversation that we had, our pillow talk was, hey, you handle the finances, give me give me the allowance and then we'll roll from there. The problem came in when he took the conversation, Mm -hmm. the bedroom Um, conversation, he made it public mm -hmm. at work. So so the problem, the problem became a single man living with his mother told him, I will never let a woman. I will never decide on my check over to a woman. And begin to introduce ideas and things into his head that was outside of what we had already agreed upon in the bedroom, bedroom conversation, right? So when the conversation was brought back to me, I had asked, I said, well, is he married? No. Is he dating someone? No. Well, where did he live? He lives with his mom in his basement. I said, so you're going to take an advice from somebody who lives with his mom in his basement that he would never let nobody. I said, that's why he's single. That's why he lives with his mom in his basement, in her basement. Now, if this man was in a position to make that statement, then I'll say you might want to entertain it. So I tend to stay out of people's business and I tend to caution people with allowing to verbalizing what's been what's been agreed upon between that man and that woman. That's that's their business, because, again, misapplication has gone all the way around. I know what the you know, the man's supposed to go out and work and society has you know, the man has always been a dominant workforce. That's why there's a wage gap between men and women. You know, that's why there's so much disparities in the in the world itself between men and women because men has always been the hunter gatherers bring it home. Club it, kill it, bring it home, the women cook it. So now we're having women that are hunter gatherers, club it, kill it, bring mm-hmm. it home, and the men are domesticated. I don't to me, if that's your situation, that's your situation. But what are you asking advice on? Are you asking advice on whether you should continue financing this man? Or are you, or are you looking dumb? Am, am I wrong for financing this man? Or whatever. Indeed. Because to be honest, I've always made more money than the men, I, the men that I've dated. Always. Never hoarded over their Indeed. head. Never said, oh, this is my money. No, it went into a shared bank account. And this... And the same, and then I then I would go ask the man, "Hey, is it okay if I can do this? Or do we have you have plans for this money or whatever?" I would have a shared conversation, not that I get permission to spend the money. No, I just want to make sure if I withdraw this five hundred dollars, it's not going to bounce any checks or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So those those conversations need to be had, and I don't think you need to be involving anybody outside the two people that is it. it There's no one left. There's no unless. There's no unless. From a it doesn't need to be outside. <laughs> I definitely would be counseling any person. Yeah, if they're deciding to get married, the first thing that they need to do is take an evaluation. The people that are in their lives, right? And then they need to decide. And then they need to decide which of those mutually right. agreed upon you will allow. Let speak into your life. So when my husband and I get married, one of the things we said from the beginning was, I'm not yeah. married to your mama and dad. Now, I understand that they're part of, the- and of our lives. However, they are not part of this marriage. 
No, they do not. They don't have. They they, yeah, are they not don't sit on the board of your marriage. marriage at all. To make okay, so what it is that you and I decide independent of your mama and <laughs> your all. daddy? Now, mind you, I didn't. I didn't have this conversation. People <laughs> marriage because of what he had experienced. I already knew that you don't do that. Mm-hmm. I watched how family can do people. Not even talking about marriage, just talking about how family will treat you, period. And I learned a long time ago, I don't let people who don't have what I want give me advice about things that I have. Oh, because oh. I, I, and so that began the decline of my marriage. Once the outside voices begin to have voting rights in the marriage, and it was just like, I can't win against that because I'm not getting a consensus from my friends or what to do. I already know you bad with money. We've had that discussion. I didn't need to tell my friends that because they don't have a voting. They're not on the board of this marriage. They don't, they're not voting members of this marriage. They didn't nothing. None right. of that. I'm glad they stood up as witnesses, but that's just it. You witnessed us getting married. But other than that, you don't have any say so any governing you don't have no governing body over this you don't have no 50 50 70 30 split none of that and so that was the decline of it yes we and are so that's again but that we still end up complaining now we still about complaining because the when you invite those people in you are essentially complaining or you know of an area where you're lacking or you're trying to get advice on something that you, you simply should just go to the person if you tired of paying his way then just tell him because at the end of the day, he's the only one. You guys are mutually right. benefiting. From right. That. You can his way, he's agreement. giving you the D. That's the agreement. Th- that's just plain and simple. Is it, That's the agreement. That's the agreement. So I kind of try to stay out of that when it comes to relationship. I, my kids will tell you, and even adults, when I well, feel they like they ask me my opinion, and I was just recounting this. I don't do that. I had done that before. And I had to learn. I no, I did. When I was younger, I was all about doing oh, it because my I, I was taught I was an old school ring. And there's certain ways in which you treat your man. So I didn't have no problem with, you know, paying the bills and, you know, handling this thing and handling that thing and making sure dinner was cooked and, you know, this, that, and mm-hmm. the third. And it kind of didn't matter what he was doing because I felt like if that's the man that I chose, then that's the man that I chose. Those things didn't matter to me. Um, but like I, that's when I realized when I got a little bit older and I started feeling as if I wasn't getting what it was I deserved in the relationship, I realized that the, that is what I had done. I had taken some behaviors mm-hmm. without really understanding the meaning and purpose behind those behaviors. And I was behaving according to that, but he wasn't. Correct. Right. Because those were your standards and those were the Correct. behaviors that you inherited and that you had in you. I would I would say before before 40 plus, when I was in my 30s, I we talk about lists yes, and things that people have and and we're still in the book about complaining or whatever because you make up these you make up these lists in your mind you make up these lists in your mind of what you want the man to be and what you want to do and then I had to realize wait a minute it started in my 30s now that I'm in my 40s I was like wait I can barbecue can barbecue the mess out some meat I can fix stuff I build my tv console I can literally take 
some wood and make you a, a furniture. I can make furniture. There's some things that I can do that would essentially be considered a man's job. So I had to learn why am I looking right. for that in a man when I already, I'm already, those are the qualities I already have. So you have to shift. You have to shift your focus. You have to shift your focus from being this is what I want in the man and then you have to put it on, you know what, I already have mm-hmm. that. I just need somebody mm-hmm. to compliment me on those skills. You know what I'm saying? So, but you know, but we gonna wrap this up because we don't start going into a whole new category of stuff, but we still talking mm-hmm. about complaining. We're still talking about having that renewing your mind because I had to renew my mind with that and be like, you know what, some things that I would look for a man to do. I actually know how to Indeed. do it. And, and very, and then, and but very you know good. what? It's coming like, off of that topic of roles and just not so allowing to... roles to keep you in a box, but really being free in the liberty that you've been given, which is something that the Israelite children were not willing to do yet. They did not want to be free in their liberty. They wanted somebody to govern them. Right. Right, right. And so with that, we'll go to the Father. Father, we thank you. We praise you for being our shepherd that we shall not want. We thank you for, um, we just thank you, Lord. I was going to do this 23rd song, but my mind just went blank. But we just thank you for the table being spread in front of our enemies. We thank you for our head being anointed with oil. We thank you for our cup running over. We thank you for the goodness and mercy that follows us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. And we just give you praise on this day. Thank you for the topic. Thank you, Pastor Stephen Furtick, for the Lord using you to talk about comfort food and for us to be able to expound upon that. And only the Still Clay podcast can. And for that, we forever give you praise, oh Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, sis, let them know where they can find us at on those social media platforms. Absolutely. They can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, all by the same name, Still Clay Podcast. All right, folks, remember, just as we are two vessels of clay still being molded by God, so are you. And until next time, walk in love.